we're talking about identity at the moment in, in our foundation series. We're kind of lolloping through the book of Ephesians at a very slow pace. Um, and, and this is just such an important foundation for us to have to know who we are in Christ. Uh, so I think it's worth us doing. Some of you may have heard me talk about identity at least five times I've counted that we've been through this. But it is such a key uh, foundation for us as a, a community of people. And today I want to talk about our security in Christ. So I want to talk about how I'm sealed and I'm secure. I'm sealed and I'm secure. And I just want to say as well that there is actually quite a battle to get our identity in Christ firmly established. Anybody realize this? It's quite a battle sometimes and we can get so easily undermined. I'm talking about security but actually insecurity is more common. But we want to be secure in Christ. And it's like there's this great conspiracy that works against us. Um, a while ago, for instance, I was having one of those times when I really felt like I was battling. I was more aware of what I was not than what I got. <laughs> I was more tuned into what I was getting wrong than anything that I was getting right. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? And I was sitting in my chair one morning, listing to God. This is the way to go, you see. List it to God. All of my weaknesses, all of my failures, and all the reasons why I probably shouldn't be leading a church, or at least shouldn't be trying to teach others. I mean, who am I? Not good enough, not holy enough, not gifted enough, not good looking enough. You name it, you know the kind of thing. I know. <laughs> when suddenly... It was like God swept back the curtain into the spiritual realm. And I had, anybody ever read Screw Tape Letters? That book, well, I had my own screw tape moment. Uh, and I heard a conversation that was going on in that other realm. And it was about me. I don't remember all of the words, but it went something like that. There was these two voices talking. And it was going something like, you know what you have to do. I won't do the voice, that's right. You know what you have to do? Keep him distracted. Yeah, yeah. Keep reminding him of everything he's not. You've got it. And whatever happens, don't let him find out. What? Don't let him find out what? Don't let him find out who he is, because if he, if he does, he'll be dangerous. And this was right at the beginning of the first time I taught an identity in the church. Uh, and it was quite an eye-opener for me to realize that in speaking about this, in pressing into this, we enter into a spiritual battle. Um, see, Satan doesn't want you to find out who you are. Ask whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. If you're an unbeliever, he doesn't want you to find out how much you need to be saved. He doesn't want you to find out how much you need Jesus. And if you're a believer, he doesn't want you to find out how extraordinary you truly are in Christ. He wants to steal any revelation that you've had. He wants you to doubt and to fear. That's the enemy's conspiracy against you. Anybody know anything about what? Am I just making this up? Okay. 
Amen. So we're, we're, with, we're with one another. But our position in Christ, brothers and sisters, is completely secure. And it's not because of anything that we've done, but because of what God has done in putting us into Christ. He not only put us into Christ, he also keeps us there. And I am secure in Christ under the seal of the Holy Spirit who guarantees my eternal destiny. And that's what we're going to look at today. So if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 1, we're just going to look verses 13 to 14. Verses 13 to 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You were included in Christ when you first believed. God did that for you. He put you into Christ. And he says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. When you believed you were marked with a seal, God did that. God put you into Christ in the first place, and then he put a seal. God did that for you too, secured us in that new position. So two things I want to look at, sealed and secured by the Holy Spirit. Sealed and secured. So sealed. What does it mean to be sealed by the Holy Spirit? Well, seals were used before signatures as an identifying mark. Uh, it was imprinted in wax. Then it was affixed to a letter, a contract, or another document to identify the seller, authenticate it, or to confirm some legal obligation. And seals were also used for branding. They're still sometimes used on cattle. Uh, the branding iron is heated up to a high temperature, and the mark is permanently seared into the skin. Well, in biblical times, that was also used for slaves. So slaves were imprinted with this brand to show to whom they belonged. Well, in the same way, we bear the Father's mark. We are imprinted by the Holy Spirit with his name. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And in the book of Revelation, we see that this is quite literally true because when we look around, we can't see this. But in heaven, in the heavenly realm, it's really clear to see. John says he sees God's seal of ownership imprinted onto the foreheads of his people. Isn't that amazing? That's Revelation chapter 7, verse 2. Imprinted onto the foreheads, and it protects us from judgment, and it protects us from demonic attack. See, God seals us. He seals his people. He says, these people are mine. Nobody touches them. Hey, that's cool, isn't it? I belong to God. Nobody touches me. And even Jesus had a seal. In John 6, 27, it says that he was given the Father's seal of approval. And because we are in Christ, we live under the same approval so that when the Father looks at us and he speaks over us, he says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Isn't that beautiful? You are his beloved in Christ. So living under the seal of the Holy Spirit is living under the Father's ownership, his protection, 
and his approval, and it is true for every born-again believer. And he sealed people here, sealed by the Holy Spirit. You live. Let me say this again. If you, if, go on, put your hand up. Who, who belongs to this? Who owns this? You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are under the Father's ownership. You're under his protection, and you are under his approval. It's true for you. Amen? Well, how do you know you've got the seal? Because you can't see it. You can't touch it. No, it's because our status before God is only known to him. We can't necessarily know it about other people. But you can know it for yourself. Each of us have an inward conviction or an assurance of our own salvation. It's a deep inward certainty to the question. Ready for the question? Are you saved? Yes. It's a quiet confidence for the challenge. Here's the challenge. Are you born again? Yes. It's a deep assurance that says, I know where I am going when I die. I know where I'm going when Jesus returns. I just know, I know, I know in the deepest part of me. Amen? Are you feeling this? Are you resonating with this? So have you got it? Are you sealed? And it's true for every believer, not just in fact, but also with a deep assurance. Have you got that? If you have, then there's another question. Are you filled? Are you sealed? Are you filled? Because every believer is sealed, but not every believer is filled. You may have the seal on your forehead and you know that you're saved, but you're still not filled. Not everybody has the Holy Spirit living inside of them. I've got a picture here. I like pictures. This is, this is a packet of balloons. Just going to open the bag and get into it. Brand new. There it is. Oh, look, it's got plastic band on it. I don't know what that is. There you go. Brand new balloon just taken out of the packet. It's sealed. That's you sealed. Brand new. All the potential is there to be a fully formed balloon. Sealed. That'll do. <laughs> What's that? Filled. <laughs> I thought that was good. Sealed, filled. There is more of the Holy Spirit for you. It's not enough just to be titillated by the Spirit, to be touched by him, to feel the atmosphere of his presence, which is beautiful. We can be filled. Filled to such an extent that we are saturated. Filled to such an extent that we overflow. It's hard to hold the balloon without tying a knot in it because it just bursts out. Are you filled? Are you filled? That's why Paul prays in just a couple of verses. He says, you're sealed. But then he prays in a couple of verses later, verse 17. I keep asking that the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of 
wisdom and revelation that you'll know him better. Keep praying it. I want you to be filled because I want you to know him better. And then in chapter 5, he commands them, don't get drunk on wine. It leads to debauchery. It's not good. Instead, be being filled. Continuous, present continuous tense with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. We did a bit of that today, didn't we? Why would Paul keep praying for this and then command them to keep doing this if sealed is all that they needed? Sealed with the Holy Spirit isn't the same thing as being filled with the Holy Spirit. We are sealed so we can be filled. The seal ownership is on us so that when we ask for the Spirit, the Father won't refuse us. John tells us that the Father, Jesus tells us the Father will never refuse anyone that asks to be filled with the Holy Spirit. John 7.37, Jesus says that if anyone's thirsty, you can come and drink. So the only condition seems to be, I'm really thirsty. I want the Holy Spirit. Anybody thirsty? We should always be thirsty. Because I've tasted and I've seen and I want more. So good. God is so good. And you might have been a Christian for years. Are you still thirsty? You should be. Are you still thirsty? Then ask. Jesus says you can come to him and drink. And if you've been filled, when were you last filled? When were you last filled? Keep asking. Just ask him right now. Say, Holy Spirit, just fill me. There it is. It's that quick. <laughs> Holy Spirit, please fill me. It's actually my... Most constant prayer, Holy Spirit, fill me. Sometimes we'll pray it over and over again until the waves of his spirit begin. Amen. Sealed, are you filled? When were you last filled? So the seal of the Holy Spirit is the affirming imprint of the Holy Spirit that communicates to every believer God's ownership, his protection, and his assurance. And from that place of assurance, we can invite the Holy Spirit to fill us, to dwell inside of us. But there is another purpose for this seal. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are secured by the Holy Spirit's guarantee. We're secured. And this is about our eternal security in Christ. Secured. And of course, the seal is not an it, it's a he, he's a he. The seal is the promised Holy Spirit, verse 13, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. I don't know if you've ever felt insecure in who you are, or is it just me? I don't know if you've ever felt insecure in your walk with God. And I don't know, have you ever really asked, have you ever asked the question, Lord, am I really saved? You know, have, I, have I made any progress? Am I really going to heaven when I die? Have you ever had that sort of conversation with God? Or this other nagging question is, you know, is there something else that's expected of me now? You know, I've been a Christian a few years now. Well, good news is no. Nothing else is expected of you because just as God put us in Christ when we first believed, he also keeps us there 
under the seal of the Holy Spirit. We are kept, Peter says, in 1 Peter 3, 5, by the power of God through faith for salvation to be revealed in the last time. That's forever. Sealed, kept forever. Because our salvation, you know, our salvation, it really isn't. And I, I think we've struggled to believe this. It really isn't about what you can do, what you have done, or what you're going to do, or even what you could do. It really isn't. None of what you do makes any difference any longer. It's just that you believe that you're in Christ. That's all that matters. We're kept by the power of God. And you think, well, surely this can't be true. I mean, there must be a point at which it's about how good a Christian have I been? I mean, isn't God expecting something from me now that I'm saved? I mean, look at all that Jesus did for me. Isn't it about time I played my part now? Anybody ever thought this? And, and it's because so easily we can slip into a performance mindset and you ask yourself, how am I doing? What am, what am I doing? How do you think I'm doing? Even though we're called human beings, it's like we're human doings. You know? So we're always wanting to do things that we think will help us to keep in favor of God when actually we did nothing to earn that favor in the first place because of what Christ has already done. Jesus really has done all that is necessary, not only to save you, but to secure you in your new identity for the rest of eternity. But Satan doesn't want you to know this. He doesn't want you to find out about that. See, I think we get the facts in some way that before we're saved, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that there was nothing that we could do to save ourselves or help ourselves. So we give our lives to Jesus and we gratefully receive his forgiveness. But then something happens. There's a switch that goes on in our heads and we start to think, I've got to do something that looks a lot more Christian now. I mean, I've said I'm a Christian. I've got to start doing stuff that's more Christian-y. I've got to start praying. I've got to start believing. I'm never allowed to doubt. I've got to start reading my Bible. Which version? Oh, my goodness. There's so many to choose from. I've got to start going to church, serving, never getting angry. I've got to be nice to people. I've got to be nice all the time. Don't do this, don't do that, all these things. And so we get churched. We get Christianized. We even start wearing Christian clothes. And we try to conform to some kind of new behavior which makes us look like we're doing well, but actually we're faking it to make it all the way to heaven to obey all these rules that we put on ourselves. Anybody Christianized here today? Go to a New Frontiers conference, you see them all wear check shirts. <laughs> I wore my t-shirt, yeah. I know what I'm talking about because we've all done it. But in just the same way that we couldn't save ourselves, we can't keep ourselves either. And we don't need to. The Holy Spirit seals and guarantees our eternal security so stop trying to do his job 
Stop it. I think we need to repent. I think we need to repent. Did we put this on the overhead? Yes, there you go. Let's just repent together, shall we? Let's just read this together. You okay? Come on, we're all in the same boat here. Let's just stand up and repent. And then I'm going to make a declaration over you. Are you ready? I'm sorry, Lord, for trying to be a good Christian and slipping into a performance mindset. Forgive me and break this stronghold in my thinking and help me to put my trust in you and you alone for my salvation. Amen. Jude 24, now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Please do take your seats. Now, actually, just one more thing. Let's just declare together. Can you see what we wrote at the bottom there? I am secure in Christ. I don't need to be insecure. I am safe in that place, kept by the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We're sealed and secured by the Holy Spirit, so we don't need to try to be a Christian. Oh, I don't think some of you believe me. We don't need to try to be a Christian. We don't need to try. You just are. You don't need to try. You just are. You can't help it. Amen? We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's his job, to guarantee our inheritance. Okay, I can hear the question, but what if I fall away? What, if, what about those, those other people that fall away? What if I mess up? What about those who seem to have fallen away? I can't completely answer that question about other people. Because who of us can ever know someone else's salvation except for God? You know, Peter asked Jesus about John on one occasion. He said, well, what about him, Lord? You know, how's he doing? Just, just let me in on it. Jesus, just let me. How's John doing, my rival? Jesus says, what's that to you, Peter? Mind your own business. John wrote this, by the way. It was in John chapter 21, verses 20 to 21. Recorded for all eternity that Jesus told Peter to mind his own business. John was also the one that said, we had this race and I won. <laughs> See, I can't tell you about other people, but I can tell you about me. I can tell you about some of my own experience. I can tell you my testimony. I can testify how God has kept me. I can talk about how I've been tried and tested, challenged and tempted, and have slipped, but I've never fallen away. I became a Christian when I was four years old. He's been faithful to me. And actually, it seems that I can't. I've tried a few times, tried to run away, tried to be rebellious as a Christian, uh, as, a, as a, yeah, actually be rebellious as a Christian, that's a good thing. 
I tried to be rebellious as a teenager and go to discos, but it didn't last for very long. But my testimony is that something irreversible has taken place in my heart. It's irreversible. I can't deny him. I can't deny him. He's got me. He's got me. And no one can snatch me from his hand. He's got me. Anybody? Get excited, please. That's my story. See, this new life in Christ comes with a new dis disposition. So I don't want to sin like I used to. I just don't. I actually want to obey him. Does that mean I never sin? Ask my wife. Of course not. <laughs> but when I do, she makes me feel dreadful. <laughs> Sorry, the Holy Spirit, I get mixed up sometimes. And I don't know about you, but when I do sin, I have no peace until I put it right with him. Isn't that true? I can, how can I fall away? We've been recreated. It means a totally changed life with noticeable results. All of which is the evidence of a new heart and a new life in Christ. So, for instance, our desires are different. It's not that I have to pray and read the Bible. It's not that I have to go to church, serve others, and give my money. I actually want to, because something's changed on the inside. I don't have the same appetite for sin anymore. I hate it. I actually hate sin. Though that's a miracle. That is a miracle. We are capable of doing right. Don't always do right. Don't always choose right. But that's what my heart wants. Secondly, we want to change. That's a miracle. I actually want to do better, which sometimes leads into legalism and performance. But you understand that desire to be more like Jesus is what the Holy Spirit does in our hearts. The standard's been lifted. Instinctively, we know that there are new possibilities for how we live. I'm not satisfied with the way that things were. I know that there's more. I've got an awakened conscience. I can't get away with things like I used to. I find that I'm responsive to, in fact, the more I go on, the more responsive my conscience seems to be to the Holy Spirit. I can't watch the things I used to watch. I can't do the things I used to do. Even the small things. You can't get away with anything. Took a pen from work and felt guilty and had to take it back and say sorry. It's ridiculous. And my attitude to the church. Here's one to challenge you. I love God's people. I love what he loves. People say, oh, I love God. I hate the church. I'm sorry you don't love God. Because the church is his body. And so you love what he loves. I love you guys. And I've just seen the international church at work as well. I love that. I love what God's doing. 
I'm going to get mushy now. But a concern for the lost, the broken, the destitute, compassion, love for people, a hatred of injustice. We're no longer so self-obsessed. That's a work of the Spirit. And other people notice that you're different. Anybody? Your family, your friends, oh, you're different. What's changed? You seem more peaceful than you used to be. You've got a new confidence. All these things are evidence of a life lived at peace with God. And so on. The evidence that we're born again is written all over our lives. And if that's you, and if that's your testimony experience, then you are also secure in Christ. <laughs> okay? You are also secure in Christ. You're not going to fall away from God. You won't. It's not possible. So you better renounce that lie and let, tell the enemy where to go with it. So, I'm not going to fall away from God. I'm his. How can I run away? He's got me. Anybody excited about that right now? I renounce the lie that I'm going to fall away from God. Come on, do it with me. I renounce the lie that I'm going to fall away from God. I can't run away. I belong to him. Amen. Whoa, some people just got free in that moment. I want God, you see. I want the things of God. I want to be with him. I want to be with his people. I can't wait for the weekend away. I'm going to be with you all weekend. <laughs> and you too, Rob. <laughs> oh dear, this church. Uh, I'm kept by the Holy Spirit. My place in heaven is guaranteed. It's yours? I'm secure. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. Do you? Do you? Make sure that you do before you leave today. Don't go home until you know. I'm serious. This is eternity at stake. If you aren't comfortable with what I'm saying, if you're feeling unsettled or insecure, then there's something that God wants to do for you today because the Holy Spirit seals true believers and guarantees their inheritance. You don't need to be insecure in Christ. You can say, I know who I am. I know who I belong to. And I know where I'm going. I'm not afraid to die. I don't like the process of dying. That's pretty horrible. I'd rather he took me. Wouldn't it be great to just be taken in a chariot? I don't even have to go through the process of dying. Yeah, Lord, just take me in your jet plane. But I can't wait because I've already been there. Because I'm seated in Christ at the right hand of his majesty. I already occupy heavenly airspace. Do you? Satan doesn't want you to find out who you are. And he wants to steal any revelation that you've had so that you begin to doubt and fear. But the demonic spirit conspiracy has been uncovered. I've spoken truth to you to bring freedom. And I want to release some dangerous people from here, Jubilee. People who know they are who they are. People that are secure in Christ and full of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to doubt and fear any longer. You don't need to be worried about who you are. 
You don't need to be insecure in that. You might be insecure about some other things, but you don't need to be insecure about that. He's got you. Amen.